Welcome to Econa Day Unplugged. It is Tuesday, April 17th, 2018. With me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender in the U.S. I am Ann Picker, Econa Day's Chief Economist, and I'm also in the U.S. So, Jeremy, lots of action in the Eurozone. Concerns about rising, arising about Eurozone manufacturing, which is even weaker than expected. And you have a whole slew of UK data that are key to the BOE meeting next month. Quite a lot, as you say, going on as far as Europe's concerned this week. I guess we should kick off with the Eurozone. Um, last week, some warning signs that we could be starting to see some sort of slowdown in Eurozone economic activity. And that was very much supported in the industrial production figures for February. Um, we had out towards the back end of last week. They showed a 0.8% monthly decline, which is significant, really, because it's the third consecutive fall now we've seen coming out of output from the manufacturing sector. Now, as, as we previously pointed out, bad weather in February was certainly a factor. But um, it's hard to believe now, I think, that with the weather itself could have had sufficient impact to really wipe out any kind of underlying increase. So it looks as if there is indeed some kind of genuine you know, deceleration taking place in manufacturing now. And indeed, looking at overall industrial production, as things currently stand, if we don't see any revisions in March, then March itself is going to see, need to see a monthly increase of some 2.1%. And that's just to hold the first quarter flat. So that's clearly not good news as far as first quarter Eurozone GDP is concerned. Now, this sort of softening picture we get getting for activity also supported today, Tuesday, when we had uh, the latest German ZEW survey. Now, this is just a survey of what analysts are currently thinking, but it's kind of one of the first looks at what's going on as far as people are concerned with April. And it is loosely correlated with the PMIs. And this survey showed a clear downgrade in analysts' economic assessment, assessment and indeed expectations, which is what financial markets always get excited about. They fell to their weakest level since November 2012. And just to, just to round this bit off about the way things are going at the moment, just touch on quickly uh, the Bloomberg monthly survey. Um, they sort of go round and ask the main forecasters what they think is happening to Eurozone economic growth. And after five consecutive increases, economists now have actually revised their outlook for 2018 lower. Now, it's only down a tick, so growth expected in general to be 2.3%, down from 2.4%. But given that forecasters are always very wary about picking turning points and invariably you know, lag behind what actually happens, now, this could be quite significant. So the way things are shaping up at the moment, it's, it's not really good news as far as UCB is concerned, because clearly with inflation still too low. The last thing they want to see is that growth starts to slow down. Um, there's no real no, no data of any particular note coming out of the Eurozone this week, bar um, uh, back, back end of the week on Friday, we'll get uh, flash consumer confidence data. They're expected to show little change, and to be honest, they haven't been a particularly good guide to actual spending anyway. Also, as you mentioned, um, there's a lot going on in the UK this week. 
We have some important figures out today on the UK labour market, which is one of the main reports over here for what the Bank of England is going to do. And that was kind of mixed. In a nutshell, the un unemployment data on the whole suggested that the labour market is continuing to tighten, but wages have been probably a little bit softer than the market was anticipating. But I think if we put sort of a, you know, a straight line through all this data, the bank's going to take the view that, well, with unemployment on the so-called ILO measure, the preferred measure, now it's just 4.2%. That's the lowest. This is a quarterly number. This is a three months to February. This is the lowest figure we've seen since the first quarter of 1975. It's also below the 4.25% figure that the Bank of England itself regards as full capacity. The Hawks are very much going to take the view that you know, pressure is building and the bank should be looking to hike interest rates again. Now, I've already got a, a couple of the main Hawks, McCafferty and Saunders, who voted for a tightening at the last meeting. They only need then to get three more to give them the majority on the council and at this stage it looks as if uh, come the May MPC we will see another, another 25 basis points on bank rate. That said um, on Wednesday we'll get the CPI, the Consumer Price Index for March. Were that to surprise significantly on the downside then I guess you know, that's really just a case of anything being back on the table again. Um, also of note this week, I should mention for the UK, because it is going to be important, uh, retail sales. We'll get those on Thursday. Uh, this will be for March, and it's going to be interesting to see just how weekly this comes in. We've had some survey evidence from the likes of the Visa people suggesting that credit cards um, spending significantly weaker uh, during the course of the last few weeks. Indeed, they found some of the weakest spending for some considerable while now. Some of that may be due to the bad weather again. Um, but should also be in some offset from Easter. But I think if it is bad weather, the key aspect of this to look at will be the online sales component. If it is bad weather, then we should see an increase in the online sales. If we don't see that, then chances are that if there's a slowdown in UK consumption alongside a slowdown elsewhere in the UK economy. And that would certainly increase doubts about the possibility of a rate hike next month. Thanks, Jeremy. Last night, U.S. Eastern Time, China released a slew of ec new economic data, both for March and for the first quarter. As entirely expected, GDP was up 6.8% from a year ago. This was the third consecutive quarter that GDP increased 6.8%. It should be noted that the Chinese government's objective for GDP is to gain about 6.5% for the year in 2018. Monthly data from March are particularly difficult to judge. For industrial production and retail sales, for example, the previous results are for January and February combined. This is because of the floating nature of the Lunar New Year between the two months. In any event, output was up 6.0% from the previous year after increasing 7.2% for the combined first two months. Output for March may have been depressed by more holidays during the month. However, retail sales were up greater than anticipated, 10.1% on the year. Expectations were for the increase of 9.9%. Mark, you've had a busy morning. Uh, yes. Well, um, industrial production. The stories uh, from the U.S. side is very different than what Jeremy's, uh, I think, uh, seeing. Um, we're not seeing 
a dip back. Manufacturing production in the industrial production report wasn't that great, but it's still trending. If you, there was a couple strong months earlier. It's still trending about a half percent gain a month, which is really solid. But you know what I'm looking at right now was the Empire State report that came out yesterday. And that was Monday. Now, uh, we have a tariff issue here. Uh, the steel and aluminum tariffs that went into effect in late March were announced early in the month, and it disrupted prices. And we haven't really seen the producer price report last week showed um, isolated increases for uh, steel and, and and scrap, but nothing super uh, uh, you know spectacular or uh, devastating. But however, what we saw in the Empire State Building was uh, a huge breakdown in the six-month outlook, uh, both for orders and general conditions. And let's just look at the general conditions. This index uh, tumbled uh, 20, nearly 26 points from a mid-40s re- reading, which is about where it kind of trends, uh, to below 20. Now, you have to go back to find any kind of similar response here. You had one in 2009. Of course, that was a recession. You had one a few years back, the last time the Chinese stock market uh, tumbled, and it was about this magnitude, not quite. And the one of the greatest magnitudes was 9-11. So this, uh, this month for this sample was an unusually uh, alarming month, and, um, and it has to do with the possibility of tariffs and the possibility of uh, business problems arising from that. It's kind of an interesting point. Uh, The markets and business seem to have been a little bit insulated from the day-to-day headlines, the the big headlines of every, uh, you know, coming day after day. But now we're seeing maybe a little bit of an effect on that. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. We'll have the Philly Fed out on Thursday, and they have a very similar um, sample, and they run kind of parallel. We'll see if we see the same things. Now, this is at the same time that uh, they expect their selling prices uh, not to go down. Uh, the price readings in the Empire State report in the April report are are highly elevated. So we're seeing the potential here in their in their initial impact. Uh, their initial psychology is that uh, business is going to hurt, but it's not going to be a de- at least it's not going to be a deflationary uh, impact. So it's a we're kind of looking around. And last week, which is very interesting, we saw the Atlanta Fed in- inflation expectations uh, hit a record. Um, this is business expectations. Now, consumer expectations, inflation expectations are kind of still flat going down a bit. But now we've seen an odd spike. And it doesn't sound too, two tenths to 2.3 doesn't sound like much of a spike, but it's the highest rate in the history of the report. And it's an unusually strong month to month gain. And again, that's an April sample. So, um, and what is that tied to? Very highly likely it's tied to tariffs. And these are just numbers out of these reports. They don't, these reports do not offer color. They do not offer uh, characterizations, descriptions. So it's up, it's up to the, to the data viewer <laughs> to find the, and to, and to uh, see these things and define these things. And, and I'm finding very unusual things right now in the uh, Empire State Report, which is a, you oh, know, I- yeah. Mark, can I just quickly ask, what, is there much of a correlation between the Empire State Report and the, the PMIs? The ISM? Yes. Yeah, they all, they all basically are telling, have, they all basically move in the same direction. The, 
Empire State Report has these outlook indexes, which the ISM does not. They just are asking for current uh, conditions, which the Empire State also asks for. And the current conditions slowed growth, very, very strong growth, uh, slowed a little bit in April. That's the bottom line. And again, the producer prices were the bottom line last week, that there was a price effect, but not dramatic. But maybe in the psychology, uh, there is. But yes, these anecdotal small sample reports have all been very, very strong for the last couple of years. And they are uh, tend to be more volatile, much more volatile than um, that's also everything about how they're structured uh, methodologically make, uh, adds this volatility compared to to actual numbers based on, on large samples. But they give you a heads up and they and they give you, I think, what uh, the psychology is. And right now, I think that there's uh, signs of stress and it makes the indicators interesting. It, 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 you know, th- this is what the indicators are really for, to find these little details and to and to see where they're going and where they're coming from. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Jeremy. Until next week.